Welcome back to In Check with Fintech, the Payments and Cards Network podcast. Thanks very much for rejoining us. Today on the show, we have Jacqueline Hart. Jacqueline is the Senior Director of Trust and Safety at Patreon. She's had a great career at companies like Ingenico and Paddy Power Betfair. Our company has known Jacqueline for the best part of a decade now, so it was a pleasure to see her doing so well with one of the probably most important tech startup scale-ups in the world right now, um, really doing good work for, for Patreon. So we find out all about her role as Head of Trust and Safety, what that means, uh, what she does for the company, how important that position is, and I hope you enjoy the show. Jacqueline, thanks very much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Jacqueline, a lot of good news mainly uh, about Patreon the last month or so. Something I just read before coming on the show was all of the ten about all of the tens of thousands of new subscribers that have been signing up uh, to Patreon. So I think we'll get into what's going on for the business at the moment, both good and bad. Um, but just for the benefit of our audience, who are primarily payments people and maybe some of whom have just been living under a rock for the last couple of years as well. Do you, do you mind briefly telling us uh, what is Patreon? How did it come to be the preferred method for smaller artists, podcasters, musicians? What is this platform all about? Well, of course. Um, so amazing news. It's Patreon's seventh birthday this week, um, so kind of perfect timing to talk about it. Um, but it was it was started by um, uh, two people. It was uh, Jack Conti, who's our current CEO, and he was a musician, and um, he didn't like uh, that YouTube would, you know, demonetize you and felt like creators needed uh, a better way to get consistently paid. And so Patreon is a membership platform where you can sign up and you as a patron can give money to your favorite artists, which we call creators. And so whether it be visual art, musicians, podcasters, um, anybody can become a creator on Patreon and basically follow their dreams. And so that's uh, where we come in is we take payments, obviously, from patrons to creators. And so we have multiple payment methods and basically orchestrate uh, getting wonderful great great introduction before we get into your role at patreon uh, Jacqueline I wanted to kind of jump back and, and talk about you as a, as a as a payments and fraud expert yourself because you're coming from a very uh, payments background I think you spent time at thesis at Ingenico e-payments um, if you don't mind maybe run us through your career as a senior fraud and uh, payment specialist well, absolutely. So I've, I've been around the block uh, a number of times uh, and you and I have known each other for a long time. Yep. Um, I got my start. I'm originally from Omaha, Nebraska. And so I started at a company called PayPal, which now people know, but at the time people would always say, PayPay, PenPal, where do you work? What do you do? And it was very confusing for people. Um, and so I had the luxury of working there in you know some of the early days on some of uh, the first fraud teams that they had. Um, in Nebraska. And um, I was fortunate enough that uh, PayPal allowed me to start managing people. And so I was part of this growing group and industry, which we didn't realize at the time was payments, trust and safety fraud. And it's uh, evolved into what it is today. So I made the strange decision. Uh, most people go from banks to online payments. I went from online payments to a bank. 
And that's how I ended up at TSIS. And then um, when I worked at Ingenico ePayments, um, it was uh, an incredible opportunity to do global uh, payments and fraud and have teams um, all over the world uh, who were consulting and, you know, helping merchants uh, get into the online sphere and do it in, you know, the most... Um, I guess uh, the best have the risk best risk appetite possible for themselves, mm -hmm. and uh, I've spent a little bit of time in gambling, and then now most recently I've been at Patreon for almost a couple of years now. Okay, let's uh, look for a moment at that uh, year or so you spent in gambling for Paddy Power, which again for our American listeners maybe they don't know that's one of the bigger maybe even biggest online gambling companies in in Europe. Um, what would you say you learned during that experience that is relevant to your current role at Patreon? Ooh, that's a good question. So um, one of the most interesting things that Paddy Power Betfair has is peer-to-peer -peer gambling. Um, and so they have a thing called the exchange where um, you can go and bet on almost anything you can possibly think of. And it's not you betting against the house. It's not you versus Paddy Power. It's you versus uh, individuals. And so I feel like that is very similar to what happens at Patreon today where, um, you know, you have creators and patrons and there's um, a little bit of an interesting dynamic dynamic when it is, um, I'll say non-professionals with non-professionals, you know, where, you know, if it is like in gambling where you're, you're betting against the house versus, you know, someone making odds, um, that's just an individual, it's a, a whole different ball game. It's more, um, I guess the, uh, I'm trying to think like uh, it's more like like Airbnb or some of these you know more tech startupy kind of things. So it's a little bit more um, the dynamic is much more fast moving. I think is is what I'm looking to say. Hey, this is Jonathan from Block Data. FYI, 40% of big companies will invest at least five million dollars into blockchain initiatives this year. Block Data helps these companies understand what's going on through market intelligence on the blockchain ecosystem. If you'd like to find out more, just Google Block Data. So you had this um, pretty brilliant payments career, being an early starter at PayPal, which very quickly became the world's biggest payments company, and then Ingenico, which I think today is still the world's biggest POS company. It's got a huge online payments business as well. That's Ingenico ePayments. Mm -hmm. What made you pivot towards this quite different company, not, not your obvious step for a senior payments executive? What made you make that turn and go towards a company like Patreon? You know, Patreon has the most amazing mission of any place I've ever worked. Um, when I was interviewing for the role, I mean, obviously like on its face, Patreon is, is very interesting because, you know, um, I know when I tell young people like, oh, I work at Patreon, they're super excited and people over a certain age have no idea what I'm talking about. And so it sort of reminds me of the old days of PayPal where you were part of a movement, you were part of like something that, that was uh, so great and has, you know, a really interesting mission. But the more that I interviewed and talked with people at Patreon, the more I came to realize that people were so invested, you know, like actually just saying to somebody, a creator is suffering, we've got to fix this, um, is such a powerful message at Patreon. And people truly believe in what they're doing. And I have not seen that in a very long time. And so I knew I had to be a part of it. And it, it feels as if Patreon's only just getting going. This, this whole business model, what it offers, it's only really starting to mature now. And I think it's pretty much uh, leading the pack at the moment. Um, 
maybe give us an idea where you see Patreon developing towards in three or four years. What does this company look like in, in a couple of years time? I mean, hopefully it's it's the, the de facto way that creators get paid. Obviously, you know, we would love to be um, a part of that um, because obviously, you know, making sure that bad things don't happen is, is my job and, you know, keeping things safe so that creators feel comfortable um, actually coming onto the platform and creating with us. Um, and then also making sure that, you know, we have very clear guidelines and the creators understand those guidelines and understand, you know, where they can, can be creative and sort of where the line is. But obviously, you know, I know that Patreon has aspirations to be just, yeah, where, where creators feel most comfortable getting paid. And that brings us to your role specifically, Jacqueline. Trust and safety. Um, you see these job titles becoming more and more important in these big Silicon Valley tech companies. Maybe you can define for us um, what does someone in charge of trust and safety actually do? That's that's a great question. It's funny because, you know, um, in different regions, you call trust and safety different things. And, and I remember when I worked at PayPal, you know, we were the fraud team and we were risk and it was all these harsh words. And I had a boss that was like, we're, we need to be the kinder, gentler fraud team. And he said, we're going to start calling ourselves trust and safety. And so I know that it means different things to a lot of different people, but um, essentially, you know, we want to uh, not be these uh, stealth groups that are just, you know, taking people down and, you know, people don't like to deal with, you know, we're trying to be um, a more warm and fuzzy group that is actually protecting revenue and is enabling growth and not uh, as revenue blockers. So I think that's probably the most important distinction about what my teams do. It's, it's, uh, it used to be back in the day that we would just you know, say, you should be so grateful to us because we stopped all this fraud. But now I think how we try to position it is we've now guaranteed this much revenue and we've made sure that we're, we're doing things in, in a positive way instead of, you know, risky things and stopping business and wasting a lot of time for people. But I imagine there is still quite a lot of tackling and, and blocking to be done. Um, maybe you can give us a bit of a, an insight what are some of the typical cases of, of fraud you might have to uh, to defend the company from on a on a daily or weekly basis at, at Patreon? Oh, absolutely. So, um, so there's obviously you know places like Patreon because we do have um, a smaller average transaction value. It becomes a place that is very interesting to try to test credit cards. Um, and so I know that you know friends at, at companies that have lower ATVs, they're probably having um, you know similar. Uh, troubles to deal with, but it becomes very enticing for people to just try to run a whole bunch of um, credit cards through, you know, see if those credit cards are live. If you're just testing it for, you know, two or three dollars, um, it's it's an intriguing thing to try. And so obviously we're, we're constantly uh, trying to battle with that. Um, but there's obviously account takeover is um, something that's very popular, uh, especially, you know, in these days and times. And um, I know that a lot of people are struggling with account takeover as well. And then there's also collusion, you know, is another one that you're constantly looking for. I think everywhere I've ever worked, collusion is um, one of the biggest problems because it means that, you know, uh, like at PayPal, where it's a two-sided marketplace, if you had, you know, a buyer and a seller and they're working together, they can take a lot more money from you. And it's the same, obviously, at Patreon. If you have, you know, a creator who is working with patrons and, you know, they, they work together because, you know, they want to, um, you know, do something nefarious, that's obviously like your worst nightmare in fraud. Yeah. 
Yeah, talk us through collusion a little bit more. I understand it, I guess, more, more generically, where in a more traditional financial crime, a buyer and a seller can collude to push up or push down the price. How does it work on, on the Patreon platform? Because there's a, a producer, a content creator, an artist, you know, he or she is making a film or a, a podcast and a patron is, is paying them you know, $20 to, to support them. How exactly can they collude and what does that do to the price of it or the profits? Can you kind of help me understand that better? hundred percent. I think um, the in the scenario you're giving, you're thinking of a good person. Um, so if you're thinking of a fraudster, you know, if I'm a fraudster and I say, hey, Lewis, you and I are going to do this scam. So I'm going to set up a creator page and I'm going to make, you know, hundred dollar tiers. And, you know, I'm going to put up a, a bunch of fake uh, things that I'm going to do. And then you're going to take a bunch of you know, say stolen credit cards, and you're going to start running through these hundred dollar payments. And so you would create a whole bunch of different accounts. Maybe you'd have a whole bunch of different computers. You know, you probably set up a bot and then you start running payments to me. And then maybe we split the profits of however much I can withdraw from the system. My goodness. Um, Very, very elaborate. So that would require someone to have access to what a bunch of stolen credit card data in the first place, just as as an example. Yeah, absolutely. And those are so easy to come by. You know, if you go on the dark web, you can buy reams and reams of stolen credit cards. You don't even have to um, put much skin in the game anymore to, you know, start up your, your own little fraud business. Crikey. And this is something, I mean, Patreon will be a victim of its own success in this regard as the company becomes a bigger brand and the go-to place for this sort of transaction, this way of supporting your preferred artists, it's going to necessarily attract more fraudsters, I suppose. I think that's the thing is like, you know, when, um, when I worked at PayPal back in the day, you could just tell when we were getting more and more legitimate, more and more popular, because, you know, people start to know your name, they know that they're going to go and start to target you. And you find it with some of these food delivery places, the minute that fraudsters know your name, it becomes a very easy place for them to get started and, you know, test out your systems. Good heavens. What is, without giving away any sensitive material, of course, what is maybe the uh, the deadliest or the most dangerous scam you've managed to fend off a Patreon in the, in the time that you've been there? Whew, that's a good question. There's because there's so there's so many good ones. Um, I, I guess I'm gonna go with some of the collusion ones are are probably the worst, simply because you know it's. Um, it's the hardest ones to detect. And, you know, the other one is um, talking about like, if you, if you do have a a good creator who's had a really good business for a while and um, you know, then maybe somebody approaches them and says, Hey, here's this scam. I want you to help me participate in this scam. Uh, That becomes a very difficult one as well, because uh, especially as times, you know, like we're coming into some tough economic times right now, um, if people have a reason to try a scam, then that becomes very, very much harder to detect and you can lose a lot more money with it. Oh, I see. So you have someone using the platform in good faith for a number of Mm -hmm. years um, and then suddenly they're approached opportunistically or maybe they've fallen on hard times and then they unexpectedly start using the platform. And it's, it's harder to kind of predict that because they've been a good player up until then. Exactly, exactly. And the thing is, I, I know that a lot of times people just say like, oh, I was, I was desperate, you know, because um, you think about uh, some of the other financial downturn times where we had tons of uh, people on platforms where I worked and, you know, they would say, 
I just needed the money. And so, you know, somebody sent me a $10,000 payment for a tube of lipstick and I just thought it was a nice bonus. Right. And then yeah. of course we send the $5,000 back and that person's on the hook for money. And so that's a terrible situation for everyone involved, but, um, and it can put you out of business very quickly. Wowzers. Yep. Well, thank goodness that somebody like yourself is there to, um, to hold, hold the ring and, and make sure these things are, are minimized or destroyed altogether because these things, of course, um, they affect the integrity of the entire platform and all the honest users, all the honest artists and patrons. Um, so you've given us some idea of how you deal with bad actors and how they try to take advantage of Patreon. Uh, what do you do to support um, the good actors? How do you make sure that their payments are uh, duly processed? What do we do to make sure that trust and safety is constantly increasing for all the good users of Patreon? everything we possibly can. I mean, that's the hardest part, right? Because um, one of the things that, that we talk a lot about, um, especially at Patreon, is that we do not want to touch, like have a human touch a good transaction or a bad transaction. You want those transactions that are in the middle. You want to be looking at those gray transactions where you're just not sure because anything that's clearly bad, throw that right out. Just, you know, don't even let it into the system. But anything that's really good, you do not want to have real customers suffer. So you don't want to have patrons suffer. You don't want patrons to uh, have a payment that's delayed or a payment that's declined. You want them to be wildly successful because it then makes your creator successful. But you also do not want to be um, asking good or good creators uh, to be giving you additional information or slowing their withdrawals or, or not getting through things in time. So I feel like one of the hardest things everywhere I've worked is making sure that you don't have false positives because a customer insult rate is such an important thing to keep low because your good customers and your fraudsters can look so similar. And so it's the hardest job to make sure that you're not throwing those all in together and treating your best customers as a fraudster because it's the quickest way to turn people, um, you know, into not trust. What are some of the things that can happen to create a false positive? Let's say we've got a perfectly good patron. He wants to put $10 towards his, uh, his creator um, and you may mistake him for a, a bad actor. And, uh, I guess the differences in data points might be so slight for that to occur. You have to be so careful with your modeling. Um, how can you ensure that the chances for getting it wrong are absolutely minimized? Ooh, it's all about your rules. It's all about tuning your rules. Because um, I think most people are, are working with machine learning um, now. And, and the problem with machine learning is if you make a false decision or you, you know, uh, select something and say, this is fraud and it's not fraud, that machine learning is constantly taking cues from, from what you are feeding it. And so if you get something wrong, it can just make your false positives increase more and more. Um, and then if you're using a standard rule set, then you have to be tuning it constantly because a static rule set is only as good as you know the last time that you've tuned it and it's it's constantly becoming um, out of date so you have to be up on it and you have to be looking at your false positives to say like how do you not do this again next time because otherwise if you just keep letting it go it, it'll happen more and more and affect more and more customers and so with patreon you know obviously having um some some good months um that's more and more creators you know as a percentage of population that you're affecting if you're not um careful with what you're doing with your rule sets this is the downside of, of machine learning, I suppose. It, it feeds on itself, and if it's 
um, using the wrong data points or extrapolating them in the wrong way. It's going to kind of reinforce that, uh, that incorrect method. So I imagine that's something you're very diligent in, in making sure doesn't, doesn't happen. The PCN podcast is brought to you by PayVision. When it comes to payments, PayVision don't mess around. They live and breathe payment processing from design and integration to delivery and checkout and everything in between. The dedication to their products shows that's why they're so happy to support merchants with exactly the kind of payment solutions they're looking for. I think we mentioned just before uh, we started recording, we can't uh, have any podcasts at the moment without uh, you know, a conversation on the coronavirus crisis and how it's affecting business. How's, uh, how is Patreon holding up during this, uh, this bizarre and unusual time? You know, um, it's... I know that it's such an unfortunate time for so many people um, that I've, I've worked with and known for, for many, many years. And Patreon is one of those businesses that we're, um, I think, hopefully catching on a little bit. We've had a lot of um, you know, artists, especially musicians, who can't have in-person concerts today. And so they've come onto Patreon. We've also had um, you know, some businesses where you know, there's chefs and whatnot that are offering cooking schools and lessons and um, yoga instructors and gyms where you know they're giving personal training, um, and you can sign up for membership that way. So it's it's been um, a really good time for for Patreon, um, and so I feel a little bit guilty about saying that because I know it's been such a tough time for a lot of other people. But it's it's definitely been um, a time where people are starting to understand the benefits of membership. Yeah, um, I think and people are being more uh, creative, more innovative about how they use uh, video, uh, recorded media. Um, there's much more demand for services like Patreon now. The people who understand these platforms better now um, are going to, let's face it, they're going to hoover up uh, these new customers. Um, there's gonna be an acceleration for these sorts of businesses and it's gonna be facilitated by companies like Patreon. We hope so, definitely hope so. Cause I mean, that's the nice thing about supporting the creative classes. There's um, so many people that have so many different ideas that have never been out there before. And so it's a great way for them to get out, uh, you know, to so many more, to reach so many more people. I know I was uh, signed up for a dance class out of New York City the other day. And I was like, this is great that you could just be on Zoom and, you know, do something that um, you would never be able to do ordinarily. Yep. Do you have uh, some favorite creators on, uh, on Patreon that you, you regularly contribute to? Oh my goodness. I have some great ones, Lewis. Um, so it, I could go on all day about creators. I love there is uh, the flute channel is one of my favorites. They have some amazing YouTube videos with like fire coming out of their flutes. Um, and there is uh, Dixie de la tour. She does body B A W D Y storytelling and she's local in San Francisco and she's still doing um, her, her body storytelling where she actually takes, you know, regular people and they, they tell um, stories and it's, it's one of the most beautiful things i've seen her in person and she's online now um and then of course uh, i mean honestly we could go on all day there's uh, a, an illustrator called insta chaz and he's on instagram but also a patreon creator so anyway we could talk for days about this i think it really helps if you're passionate about the products or services of the company you're employed by it really helps with your day <laughs> job but it sounds like you are understandably um payments and fintech people our typical listener I imagine they'd be very interested in, in, in using or maybe even one day working for 
Patreon. Tell us about where people can go to, uh, to find out more, uh, maybe apply to your jobs, maybe get in direct touch with yourself, Jacqueline, through, uh, through LinkedIn. Oh, 100%. Please, yeah, feel free to drop me a note on uh, LinkedIn. Um, and uh, additionally, we have um, trust and safety offices in Portugal, in Nebraska, in San Francisco. And uh, we are always looking for top talent, you know, people who want to come and help us with our cause. And if you go to patreon.com, um, we always have a listing of all of our positions. And trust and safety positions go from, you know, content moderation to compliance operations to, you know, more traditional fraud. Broad, but we have all different types of ways that we try to protect creators. That's great. Okay, I think uh, I think we've done a nice show here, Jacqueline. Is there anything else you'd like to end on or, or share with our audience before we wrap it up? I, if, I hope everyone's still fighting the good fight. Um, I know that tough economic times tend to be really good for people who are in fraud and the payment sphere. And so um, I hope that, you know, everybody just... Uh, you know, keeps keeps looking and, and finding um, new ways to to be helping um, fight fraud, and you know, let's all stay connected in in these crazy times. Amen. Jacqueline Hart, she is senior director of trust and safety at Patreon. Jacqueline, thanks very much for uh, being on the show today. Thanks for having me, Lewis. Okay, bye for now. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider subscribing in order to receive every episode as it's published. The fintech space is ever-changing and we care about keeping you up to date with the latest happenings in this exciting space. If you wish to appear on the next episode of What the Fintech, please email podcast at teampcn.com. That's podcast at teampcn.com.